Welcome to Grit in Medicine, a Mayo Clinic Talks production inspiring grit, growth, resilience, inspiration, and tenacity in medicine. How does incorporating grit early in medical education help create stronger and more caring medical communities? And how can we as teachers better meet the needs of learners and each other? My name is Dr. Anjali Bagra, an internist in executive health. And I'm Dr. Susie Moshler, an anesthesiologist specializing in pain medicine at Mayo Clinic. We're your host for Grit in Medicine. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app to get notified when new episodes are released. Today, we're joined by Dr. Stephanie Starr, an Associate Professor of Pediatrics, and Dr. Andrea Leap, an Assistant Professor of Neurology. Thank you, Dr. Starr and Leap, for joining us today. And we are so excited and thrilled to have a fantastic conversation with both of you on MedEd and CRIT and how they've come together. Uh, Tell us a few interesting facts about yourself. We'll start with Dr. Leap since she's sitting right next to me. Sure. So I grew up in rural Montana and was an expert in potato diseases before I ever thought about coming into medicine. I majored in Spanish. Now I'm a neurologist. I have five kids and I don't have a cell phone. Ooh, wow. That, I don't think anybody can beat that <laughs> interesting fact. May I just add to that? I actually trained with Dr. Leaf, and she has the best handwriting, hands down, on planet Earth. That's maybe because I don't text. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Dr. Starr. Uh, a couple of interesting facts about myself. I grew up in Phoenix. I served in the Navy before I came to Mayo Clinic, which was a great honor to do so. Uh, we used to scuba dive quite a bit when we lived in Guam in the Pacific. And I spend a lot of time uh, learning things to my 15-year-old son about Japanese fashion. So, those are the- Wow. Well, thank you for your service to us. We appreciate that. I echo that. And Jumping to the kind of the topic that we asked you to come today, uh, these doctors are both involved with the Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine Kern uh, National Network Initiative, focused on caring and character in medicine. And can you, uh, Dr. Starr, tell us a little bit about that program and its inception and how you've become involved? Thanks for asking and thanks for having us here today. We've been very fortunate at our medical school to be one of seven schools that have come together to work on advancing character and caring in medical education. It's funded in part by the Kern Family Foundation and also through each individual school or institution. So our former CEO graciously included us in that in that group and we've had a chance to really think deeply about how we can promote caring and character in medical education, whether that be for medical students, residents, or practicing faculty. What have you felt to be some of the uh, greatest opportunities in examining uh, the initial steps, Dr. Leap. So, of course, working with leaders from these seven other schools has been a tremendous opportunity. And really thinking deeply, we've thought for a long time about how caring and character manifest within individuals or individual interpersonal encounters. But thinking deeply about what that looks like at a structural and systemic level, how can we create environments and systems mm-hmm. that are caring, that support caring? that support character and professional development and the expression of the same. So we're really trying to take those concepts and move them out to that broader level, and that's what I think has been really exciting. Yeah, I agree. And that's certainly in line with the new ACGME 
requirements and core requirements to focus on well-being as a professionalism um, characteristic and things that were enhancing. What do you see as the important um, aspects as, as teachers and physicians working with medical students um, to enhance that or to provide that sort of environment to help them? There's a lot of ways to think about it. So we can think about caring and character. The most obvious thing is to teach students about how they have those interactions with individual patients and families. But it's also how you have those interactions with teams. So kind of that frontline clinical team level. It's how we have that interactions more broadly with other healthcare professionals besides just physicians. It's how we think about caring for the system and having making sure that our systems not only are caring for patients, but also for those that work within the systems, and then thinking about how that affects patients, but each other, whether that be well-being or professional development. So I think about it like looking at mm, Venn diagram, where you're thinking about how those things overlap and mm -hmm. thinking about it at different levels. So for students, they come in thinking about taking care of patients. That's the easy thing to imagine. It's harder to think about how they do that at different levels of the system, working in teams and above. And then also to think about the learning community that they're in with other students and with the mm -hmm. desk staff in the medical school or as a resident with the uh, nurses and, and therapists and others, just really think about how that caring and character and that responsibility affects at those other parts of their life. And so um, it's also about how they have opportunities depending on what they choose to do as uh, physicians and how maybe their uh, gender or their background, if they are underrepresented mm -hmm. in medicine, how that might impact their mm -hmm. abilities long term and how to think about strategies to mitigate that. That's fascinating and it's fantastic. Once again, kudos to your awesome work. Um, when I went to medical school, I don't recall <laughs> undergoing any such training, which was a long time ago, let's just admit that. Um, uh, but, you know, I feel like um, with Susie and my interest around mm -hmm. grit in medicine, I feel what you are doing is really addressing these issues and helping our learners at the entry level into medicine identify what are the barriers in, in medicine. Um, I think traditionally curriculum has been very knowledge focused and knowledge around the human body. And of course we need to know that, but some of these things that you just very eloquently explained, I think are critically needed for us to mm -hmm. translate that into good care mm -hmm. for human body. So we are super excited this year. We are joining hands to host an event uh, where you know we are bringing our learners and presenters at GRIT on site uh, to Mayo Clinic to share their work with colleagues and teams that are not able to get there. Um, and uh, on that note, what does GRIT mean to you? We'll start with Dr. Lieb. So I think of GRIT, um, what it means to me personally relates really closely to how I think about it's your earlier question about how we as faculty members can help create um, supportive environments for our learners. So one would be fostering a growth mindset. Our learners are often really eager to perform, to get good evaluations. Mm -hmm. If we can make it safe to make mistakes, to recognize opportunities to grow, that goes a long way because a growth mindset is a much healthier way to approach growth than a performance mindset. Then also resilience. And I think that involves role modeling 
vulnerability Mm -hmm. and being able to say, you know, there was a time where I made an error and Mm -hmm. this was what was really difficult about that and how we Mm -hmm. navigated it. Inspiration, we can sometimes underestimate how much other people and learners in particular are looking to us to be role models. So I try to remind myself of that. There are things I remember when Dr. Starr was teaching me pediatrics that I'm sure she's long forgotten, but those memories (laughs) are really salient to me. And recognizing my learners are gonna have that same thing. And then tenacity, trying to create environments that allow people to persevere and to not give up. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of challenges. It can be easy to slip into a a victim mindset or just a discouraged mindset mm-hmm. of I I want to give up mm-hmm. and providing support and recognizing when those extra supports might be needed for particular individuals who may face more of that than others. And I think you alluded to organizational grit earlier in your comment about, you know, with the current mm-hmm. um, initiative, like what the it, it was about culture. It was about organizationally, how do we embrace this, which is not easy. And that's why we are very thankful for this, uh, really, for you both to be spearheading this work. Um, Dr. Starr, what does grit mean to you? It's hard to follow Dr. Leap's comments, but I would say if you think about it from a systems perspective or an organizational perspective, all the things you've said are exactly true, Andrea. But I would also add that when I'm getting frustrated about my work and I and maybe it's because I perceive that I have too much work to do or how I interface with with colleagues on email or with learners I have to remember that everyone is doing their best and that if folks are bringing those ten, those tenants around grit the growth um, resilience inspiration tenacity to the table I presume uh, positive intent then it's my job to also think about the systems in which people are working in, the process steps around their work, whether that be in medical education or practice or research, and to try to be um, have compassion for human frailty around those, yeah. and to think about helping to label when those things are happening. Isn't this frustrating that we have this timeline, we can only do so much, so we have to scope our project a little bit differently. So mm-hmm. trying to tr- label those things when they're happening, so what feels like it's muddy and challenging can can be put into perspective in a way and they have something actionable that we can do as a group. So I think I would think about that only at a population level or a group mm-hmm. level. And so, not to be so quick mm-hmm. to jump. You know, if, if yeah. there's a what we may quickly be inclined to label a character flaw mm-hmm. or a character failing may well be a system or a structure that is setting people up that's making it very challenging to express Absolutely. their intentions as they would like to. Yeah. And recognizing that and acknowledging those constraints and barriers that we all face and not being so quick to judge. So one thing that you both mentioned and to reframe for our listeners is vulnerability, frailty, Mm -hmm. and API as in assume positive intent Mm -hmm. is what we need to embrace a little more explicitly Mm -hmm. as we design structural change or individual level interventions. Well, thank you. And I think uh, that the comment about the growth mindset and thinking about not a yes or no or content, but an opportunity to grow and knowing that we are going to have failures in order to innovate, that's going to happen. And my fifth grader came home with her homework over the weekend, I opened it and it was a word search on growth mindset. And I was so excited, my husband did not know what that was. And we had a fantastic conversation. And I think having that conversation at home and with our trainees, with our colleagues, mm-hmm. with ourselves about um, moving things forward and being open to that. Um, and thinking about where people are coming from and coming 
into a situation we all enter the day with variable starts to our morning and what other conversations we've had and so really giving people um, grace and um, support. Absolutely and I would say like you know all of you Dr. Moshler, Dr. Starr, Dr. Leap, all of you work in the education space with you know leadership in that space Um, so how does like med ed you know grit and med ed current coming together for this event that we are hosting is a great opportunity in my mind. Um, how do you envision these models? Uh, you know, how do we share this with um, more broadly? So you mentioned that we have seven other schools. Um, could you speak a little bit about that? So we're very fortunate to be in this group of six other schools, so seven total. So our sure. school, uh, University of California, San Francisco, Vanderbilt uh, University School of Medicine, uh, University of uh, Dell Medical School, University of Texas in Austin, uh, University of Wisconsin Madison, and Dartmouth um, Medical College, like uh, Geisel School of Medicine, and in it's very hard to measure those things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to measure caring, it's hard to measure character, and we are trying to be very methodical and and thoughtful about what it really means in the context of medical education, what already exists in the literature outside of medical education, and then what kinds of things could we trial and, and scale up. So one example that one of the schools has used that's not unique to one of our schools is holistic admissions and thinking about mm. how that can really help to foster this environment of caring and character in medicine. Um, so, so there are many ways of doing that, and I think that we won't necessarily have a package of five things that everyone can use and adapt, but I think we'll have some basic ways of framing and considering and maybe even eventually assessing some of those kinds of traits of caring and character, whether that be at an individual level or a system level, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of advance whatever local ideas folks have to really do that. And a lot of those will be like in QI, it'll be very contextual, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd have to adapt it for the culture and the situation. Um, I don't know if you want to add more to that, Dr. Lee. Yeah, I would just add that the network is a great opportunity to quickly disseminate good ideas and yeah, to absolutely. bounce them off other people to yeah. try them in other contexts. So I think that's been a really exciting thing. Uh, we can pilot things like this here mm-hmm. at the Mayo Clinic and share what we've learned and Mm -hmm. then it provides a forum to quickly spread Mm -hmm. those ideas to other places. I mean I think it's very enriching to have these principles and then diverse micro environments you know different universities different resources different faculty and just kind of seeing you know how different areas um, roll these out because it also creates a toolkit for other universities hopefully you know that aren't a part of this yet for you to um, come up with you know for a mid-size or I I mean all of these are fairly large very well reputed schools but I'm sure that the diversity of the environments in itself will help understand the generalizability um, and the teaching interventions uh, that are effective despite differences. Right, and one of the things I think we've heard from learners across many of our schools Mm -hmm. is that they crave the space to have these conversations. And sometimes as educators, we try to over-engineer things and have lesson plans and discussion guides and facilitator notes and the like. But often creating the space for these conversations to happen is a really important first step, and some amazing things can 
can occur with just doing that. So to make it easy and approachable, if I had one suggestion, it would be to try to make a space where these conversations yeah. can occur. And I might add that the school that we've worked most closely with in the uh, current network that I failed to mention earlier is Medical College of Wisconsin. And mm -hmm. so they have the current institute there. And they really started with some listening sessions with learners and others around character and caring. We've done that across other schools. But they have used a lot of opportunities to really engage learners. And I think not only to engage them on caring and character, but just this idea of co-producing education together. And that probably our greatest role is not about delivering content. Yes. Our greatest role is, is helping to uh, provide meaning. Yes. And part of the way that grid overlaps with med ed is if we talk about content in the course of our professional life, but we don't bring about this personal piece to things, if we're not our authentic selves at work and in school, if we don't talk about our challenges or when we've made errors, medical errors, which we talk about in our mm -hmm. curriculum, then there's not going to be meaning because learners are trying to bring all those pieces together to have meaning and that's part of what we need to do. So it's, this opportunity with the other schools has been great to help us think about ways of doing that. And well, certainly I would say that's what's common between this and GRIT in terms of creating space. And that's exactly what we and others who are you know, spearheading this work are trying to do, create that safe space, embrace uh, data, embrace where we are slacking, yeah. you know, own it up, and then, but then not be shy from coming up with solutions. And we're grateful for the collaboration and creating um, literally that space on October 10th for the GRIT Symposium here. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to having our, our trainees, our colleagues, medical students presenting their projects and, and data around some of these very topics. We're really excited. What would be your top three takeaways for our listeners? Maybe we'll start with Dr. Lee and then head over to Dr. Starr. So I think the value of starting early, the value mm. of creating space would be two leading ones that we've talked about already. And then thinking carefully about what we can do at the environment and system level and not only think about this as an individual issue. I think my takeaways are similar. I, I think in Venn diagrams and I think about how things overlap. So we're teaching students about caring for patients, caring for team members, caring for the health system. But we need to talk with them about health equity as part of that, right? And we need to think about for patients to get healthy, different patients may need different interventions to achieve the same level of health. So that's why it's not being equal, it's being equitable. And the same is true for folks that are employed in the profession, whether it be professional medicine or nursing or other healthcare colleagues. And we really have to help students see that if they're learning about principles around equity, that's not just about making patients better. It's also about helping our all of our teammates mm -hmm. um, be the best version of themselves at work to help us all flourish and have our skills come to light in the service of making patients healthier. And so I think helping them see those relationships is really important. Well, thank you both so very much. We've been talking about grit, medical education, character and caring, as well as the Kern Network collaboration with our colleagues at Mayo Clinic, Drs. Leap and Starr. Thank you so very much for sharing your time, talent and expertise with us today. Our pleasure, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.